welcome everyone to uh, from the preacher study, our Bible study that we have here at uh, the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. We are in the preacher study, and uh, so that's the reason for that title. But it is the fruit of our study, uh, what we've learned uh, from our study of Scripture, and mm-hmm. try to communicate that to those who are interested, and they can study along with us and maybe reap some benefit from the work that Kevin and I have done in in the text. And uh, that's what we're interested in doing in this class is studying the text and seeing what the text mm-hmm. has to say. And so this particular class is a textual study, right. not that there's not benefit from topical sure. studies, for sure. example, mm-hmm. but this particular study is a textual study. And, and uh, so we're letting the Word dictate what we talk about and lead us in our thoughts and in our discussion. And of course, that's always a great benefit to us. And so I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and I've got Kevin Clark with me. He's a member of the church here, does mm-hmm. a lot of preaching and teaching, and uh, you may have had an occasion to hear him in a gospel meeting mm-hmm. or something like that, and uh, know that the good work that he does. Kevin, anything you'd like to say by way of introduction? Well, one today? of the things the last uh, several weeks I've been impressed with is the universality of God's teaching. Uh, God's rule impacts every aspect of our life, and so we've talked about what does God say about husbands, what does God say about wives? What does God say about marriage? What does God say about children? What does God say about parents? And now we're going to move into another phase, and it just underscores the fact that there's no aspect of your life that's not governed by God's will and God's teaching. And so, and, and you know, that's something that is a blessing, that God has given us instruction on how to live every aspect of our lives, and His will touches everything all aspects. Now, sometimes we talk about, well, religion is a part of your life. No, religion is your life if it's done the way God wants it to be. And so this just underscores that when we talk about all the various aspects and the roles and responsibilities we have brought under the jurisdiction and sovereignty of God's will. Right. So sometimes people might try to compartmentalize their life. And so I've got my family life. I've got my church life. I've got my political life. I've got my business life. But our relationship with God and His instruction for us permeates all yeah. aspects of our lives. Right. And a passage like this, like mm-hmm. we've been talking about lately, uh, just illustrates that point very well. Amen. So we're going to continue our study of uh, Ephesians in this session. We're in Ephesians chapter 6, mm-hmm. kind of worked our way through the book. And we're going to talk about, beginning in verse 5, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men-pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God with the heart, with good will, render services to the Lord, not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. Mm-hmm. I want to begin by talking about the, the value or the honor of work. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about slave-master relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have that exact relationship right. in, our, in our culture. Right. Uh, you know, the Bible doesn't outright condemn slavery, mm-hmm. but it changes its nature, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. strikes at the heart of it, mm-hmm. uh, so that uh, it would really bear no resemblance to what, we, what we're accustomed to thinking about as masters are told to be fair and, mm-hmm. and just with their servants and treat them with kindness and, and things like that. Other biblical principles, do mm-hmm. unto others mm-hmm. as you'd have them do unto you, mm-hmm. would so radically change uh, slavery as, 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 as we know it in the history of our country, that it would pretty much obliterate it just uh, from that point of view. The closest thing that we have in our culture to this relationship would be employee and mm-hmm. employer. 
as a person works for his employer. And so the Bible teaches us how we ought to go about that, what mm-hmm. principles should guide us. And so that's just what we were talking about a moment ago, that, right. that God's will, God's instruction, uh, even uh, influences the way that we go about doing <laughs> our work. That's right. And so I want to talk a little bit about the honor mm-hmm. of work, just mm-hmm. that idea itself, that, that working is an honorable thing mm-hmm. to do. So I'll go all the way back to Genesis chapter yes, 2. Yes, that's right. So in the very that's beginning, right. you'll remember that God makes the man and the woman, Adam and Eve, and he makes this garden, the Garden of Eden, for them. And we kind of have the idea that, you know, they, they kind of sat back every day and picked pomegranates <laughs> off the tree and, mm-hmm. and ate them. And, mm-hmm. But that, that wasn't uh, the situation at all. Verse 15 right, of Genesis chapter right. 2 says, Then the Lord took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. Right. Notice the English Standard Version says to work it mm-hmm. and to keep it. And so mm-hmm. to cultivate it or to work, talk about working the garden, mm-hmm. to cultivate it, to work it and to keep it. So he had work to do mm-hmm. in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so here he is in the Garden of Eden and God intended the man to work. That's it. And so there's something honorable mm-hmm. about work, even before the introduction of sin. Now things intensify right, right, with the instru- right. introduction mm-hmm. of sin. Mm-hmm. Work gets more difficult, I'm sure as they face the consequences of sin. But even before that, there was work to be done. Mm-hmm. Kevin, make yeah, comments. I, I really appreciate that because you're right. Sometimes, in fact, I remember hearing a preacher uh, make the misstatement that work itself was a, a product of the sin in the Garden of Eden, and that's not right, that God intended for man to be a working being, as we see when he created him and he was in that very good state. Part of that very good state was the fact that he's working. And God yeah. wants us to work. And, of course, that's all throughout the Scriptures. Of course, the Apostle Paul made that famous statement, if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. The idea that if you have the ability to work, you should. Uh, we need to provide for ourselves. We need to provide for our families. Ephesians 4 talks about we even work for the purpose of providing for those who have needs that may be outside yeah. of our family. So the idea of being a working being is very, very important. And what we're saying is, is that God even dictates how that work is performed, how you do it, uh, whether you're on time or not, and what, uh, whether you're uh, very diligent or not, whether you're reliable, you're dependable. We'll talk about some of those things. But all of that permeates work. Work is, if it's done right, it's service to God. And so, you know, we have this idea that, you know, what I, I want to get out of doing work. <laughs> I don't want to work. Uh, you know, work is, uh, you know, right. is, is, is a burden that, and we may have a job that we don't like. I understand mm-hmm. that. And the circumstances of the job mm-hmm. might, be, might be difficult. Or the people we work with might make those circumstances difficult. Mm-hmm. But the idea of work is a good thing. It's a, it's a biblical, God-given idea. Just a couple of passages from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, mm-hmm. O sluggard. A sluggard is a lazy person. Observe her ways and be wise, which, having no chief officer or ruler, prepares her food in the summer, gathers her provision in the harvest. Mm-hmm. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond mm-hmm. and your need like an armed man. Go to the ant. The ant works hard. Right. Uh, it doesn't have to have somebody standing over him yes, all yes. the time telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. He stores up food in the wintertime. Well, he's acted very wisely. He has what he needs. Amen. And, of course, the, the lazy person who's trying to get out of work only works when somebody makes him work. Well, then he's, uh, you know, he's, he's on the road to ruin. Right. 
I like Proverbs 12 and verse 27. A lazy man does not roast his prey. Of course, he doesn't have any prey to roast. <laughs> you know, he's, he's lazy. He doesn't catch any prey to, to, to roast. But then the second part of that verse is, the precious possession of a man is diligence. Mm -hmm. You know, of all the valuable things that you might acquire in your life, and they're, you know, houses, cars, mm -hmm. jewels, mm -hmm. uh, all the valuable things, the will to work, right. diligence, yeah. the will to work, mm -hmm. that's one of the most valuable that we can acquire. Amen. Proverbs talks about acquiring wisdom. Right. You know, that's another one. But mm -hmm. just the... The precious possession of a man is diligence, mm -hmm. just that will to work and to work hard. Amen. Uh, Jesus worked. Amen. He, he yeah. had an occupation. Now, he right. worked doing his teaching, right, right. not trying to say that's not work, right, right, right. because it is. But <laughs> right. what was Jesus' right. work? He was a carpenter. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. You know, Matthew 13, verse 55, uh, he's described as the son of a carpenter. Mm -hmm. It's a mm -hmm. carpenter's son. Mm -hmm. But in Mark's account, isn't this the carpenter? Yeah. Yeah. And so Jesus was a carpenter. He had mm -hmm. he he worked. Paul worked. He did. Built and so yeah. he worked as a an apostle and as a preacher of the gospel. Mm -hmm. That that's work. It is. But what he else made, did he do? He made tents. He made tents. Remember he was Quill and Priscilla. They had the same profession, same occupation. And he talks yeah. in his letters on multiple occasions about how he supported himself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He must have supported himself through right. making making tents. Right. And he wasn't a burden to the congregation. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. He, he says, now, you need to follow my example. Right. You know, I, I, I did this intentionally so that you might follow my example. Amen. And so we find this kind of thing throughout the Scripture. I just want to talk about the honor of, of work, that working, working hard, being diligent, that's an honorable thing to do. A lazy person, that's dishonorable. Right. If a man won't work, that's really a dishonor to him. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Ephesians 4 mm -hmm. earlier in verse 28. Right. He who steals must steal no longer. Rather, he must labor, performing with his own hand what is good. That's right. So I like that, that modifier mm -hmm. as well. Working with his own hand, doing what is good. Mm -hmm. And so he's, it, it, sometimes we have work that is intrinsically good. Right, right. But sometimes our work is good because it enables us to do good things. Yeah, that's right. And so we provide for our family mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we provide for those who are in need. Mm -hmm. And so that that job, that occupation is accomplishing something good Amen. in my life and the life of others. Amen. And so as, as we got started on this particular passage here in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about slaves and masters. I just want to talk, talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, working is an honorable thing. Um, it gives us significance and meaning in our own lives. Mm -hmm. You know, as we as we're productive in our own lives and, and see that we're accomplishing things with our hands, that mm -hmm. you know that uh, gives us that self gratification, right. and it puts us in a position to help others. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's good. Amen. So and make it, make a few comments. It's also a matter of good stewardship. We've been given time. We've been given ability. We've been given these bodies, and we need to make the most of them. And God intends for us to make the most of it. Man being lazy, you're wasting the resources that God has given to you. Uh, we have obligations. God wants us to provide for ourselves. He wants to provide for our families, provide for those who need. There's even for those who are in the church, we need to give back to God to see that the work of the gospel goes forth. It takes money for the gospel to be preached. It takes money for the gospel to be taught. 
Uh, there are things associated, uh, relieving the needy saints that have to part of the work of the congregation that can do it. Um, those things take money. Where does that money come from? It comes from us generating it by work and then the free will offering of the saints. So if you want to fully participate in the work that God would have us to do, then it starts with doing the work that you do to provide for yourselves, provide for your family, provide for others, and provide for the Lord. So that's all part of the being a faithful servant of God and being a good steward of the things given to us. I hope we've maybe uh, been able to kind of make us think about our jobs, and we might think about them in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate my job. I hate going to work. and all, you know, but, but maybe think about it in a different yeah, way and, yeah. and think about, well, this, this is an honor for me to be mm-hmm. able to, to do this and to, to acquire some income, mm-hmm. take care of my family, mm-hmm. uh, take care of those who are in needs and so forth. And, mm-hmm. and so maybe think, think about our work and our job in a little bit different way. Right. Uh, and that's one of the things I was trying to accomplish in, in this conversation as we began this evening. Amen. Well, we got a little bit of time left. Let's, let's go back to Ephesians chapter mm-hmm. 6 and yeah. talk about that first part. So verses 6 through 8, he talks to slaves, and then verse, verse 9, uh, their masters. Right. There are several other passages mm-hmm. in the New mm-hmm. Testament that are very much like this one. Mm-hmm. Colossians, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, uh, Colossians chapter 3, I think, uh, verses 22 through chapter 4, verse 1. Mm-hmm. I've just jotted down a few here. Titus chapter 2, verses mm-hmm. 9 and 10. First mm-hmm. yep. Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. That's, let's, let's take a look at that one. First um, Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, mm-hmm. so, that the, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken mm-hmm. against. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I wanted us to see. So, what Paul tells slaves to do, or we're going to apply that mm-hmm. to employees, mm-hmm. is to be obedient to those who are your masters. And so here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says some of the same things. And he also says, think of your master as worthy of all honor. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. That's, that could mm-hmm. be a challenge, I'm sure, sure, in, sure. In, in many cases. Right. But think about that slave-master relationship mm-hmm. that they must have been under. Mm-hmm. Uh, some masters, very harsh and cruel, I'm sure, but he is your master, and you need to show him the honor right. that uh, comes with that with that position. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally, he says to obey them. Mm-hmm. Be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart, as to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, just as it reminds me of what he says to wives, mm-hmm. you know, be subject to your husband mm-hmm. as to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Here, be subject to as, as to Christ. And so that gives our attitude toward work a whole, you know, a whole nother dimension, doesn't it? Absolutely, because, you know, we're not just working, as the text goes on to say, we're not just working uh, as unto that person that's in a position of authority over us. We're working unto the Lord, working unto God. We're working to please Him. And so that's a total different approach to things. If I'm working as unto the Lord, the Lord sees everything. The Lord knows everything. It affects how I work. It's really a subjective standard because objectively, and we'll talk about this next time, there's this idea of eye service. I can perform in a way that satisfies my boss, and I might be doing 75% of what I'm capable of doing. But see, the Lord knows that I'm not giving 100%. And so right. if I'm working into the Lord, that's a higher standard. It's a more rigorous, more demanding standard, more exacting standard. So I like, I mean, what this concept really is, it's really demanding. It makes our jobs that much more difficult because we're trying to please not that boss, not that supervisor, not that manager, but God in heaven who sees and knows all. And so, boy, that's another level of rigor in your work. 
And so what, and we'll end with this, but what Paul says here, it, uh, it just re, it reforms the nature of mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it makes us look at it in a completely different way. Right. And so this is, this is not just something I do to get, to, you know, to, to be paid and to have the things that I want, <laughs> but he sort of sanctifies it or mm-hmm. he, he, you know, he, he he kind of baptizes it, doesn't right, he? So right. your your work says something about your attitude mm-hmm, toward the Lord, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so if we think about it in that way, and again, there may be circumstances that make our 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 jobs very difficult and sure. make us maybe seek an, another job right, or other right. employment. That's and that's fine. That's fine, right? But the idea of work, as far as a Christian is concerned, involves our relationship to and our attitude toward the Lord Amen. Himself. Amen. Well, we'll stop the study right there. Sure. Our time's out. We'll have more to say about this That's in our, right. our next session. And uh, so we'll save some for, for then. Hope what we've had to say today will make us think about our, you know, our, 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 our work life and what we do and why we do it and how we do it in light of what the Scriptures have to say. We'll say more next time. Kevin, how about leading us in a closing prayer? Certainly. Let's bow our heads. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for all the many blessings that you've showered upon us. Certainly, we're thankful for life and health and strength. We thank you for all the things that you've given that are necessities of life, and then a lot of the things that we're given, they're not necessities, but they're pleasures of life that we just enjoy, and we know that they come from your hand. So very thankful for our families we have, that we draw such a sense of strength and courage and really enjoy spending time with our wives and our children. Uh, in fact, we've been talking about that in some of the prior studies. We thank you for the parents that we have, that hopefully if we were exposed to the truth, we were raised in the training and admonition of the Lord. And if not, then we've had an opportunity to maybe outgrow that and, and to develop into the Christians and the servants that we're supposed to be. We thank you for the standard of living that we enjoy in this country and, and throughout the world. And, and we hope that we've been good stewards with those things. With all that great responsi- our great possessions comes a lot of responsibility. And so we ask that we would uh, be careful with those things, those possessions, use them in a way, not selfishly, not just for our own desires, but uh, to benefit and bless others. And one of the things we've been talking about in this class is the idea of work. And we're so very thankful that you've created us as working beings. And uh, as our brother Bob has pointed out, let us understand the honor that's inherent in work that's done in accordance with thy will. And let us have a new attitude of recognizing that when we do work, we're not doing it just unto uh, the boss or the supervisor or manager that with whom or for whom we work, but more importantly, we're doing it unto you. And so let us do it to the greatest extent of our ability and knowledge and our talents and always give uh, the, our all, give 100%, if not more, knowing that in the end, you're the one who's going to be looking to us and, 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 and giving us a reward in heaven for the things that we've done here. And sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we work with bad organizations. We work for bad bosses, bad uh, uh, supervisors who don't recognize us, don't appreciate us. And that can be challenging. That can be difficult. But ultimately, we know that you're looking, you're watching. And whatever we don't get here, we certainly will get uh, in heaven and then some. And so let us understand, too, that uh, there are people watching us in the workplace, watching us because we have named the name of Christ, and that what we do can either adorn the doctrine of Christ, or it can bring a reproach on the name of Christ. And please have to be very careful not to ever do anything in a workplace uh, that would bring shame on the name of Christ or that would somehow hinder or prevent us from being the most effective soul winners for Jesus that we can be. Please help us to know that we're there to try to uh, shine the light of the gospel in the lives of these individuals that are our co-workers and our bosses and those, if we're masters, who work for us. 
We thank you for all the teaching that you've given to us. It's a light into our path, and we ask that we'll take these things seriously, apply them to our lives, share them with other individuals, and we know that they're for our good, and ultimately they'll get us to heaven, which is our ultimate destination, to be with you for all eternity. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.